Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Are we playing anymore? Doesn't feel like we're playing. <laughs> we're playing for keeps. Got it real, y'all. Episode 95. Five oh. to 100. Five to 100. Yeah. Also the one where we do a tactical retreat. Where we run and blast. <laughs> uh, we're running and gunning, guys. Yeah. This is the epic chase scene. Uh, unfortunately. <laughs> like yes. a chariot race, but more dire. Uh, yeah, much I was more say, dire. Much more dire. I'm glad yes. we don't have a chariot, by the way. I'm glad we got the wagon. Uh, we definitely, I'm... springing for the wagon was a good bet. Yes. <laughs> that ended up playing in our favor. It could have been interesting. Yeah, I guess let's just, uh, unless we left our heroes... We were the party heading short. to or heading out of the city of Tefu had made their way north, had gone to a a small manor house on an abandoned old date farm. With dead trees. With dead trees. There they had found the petrified remains of their ally Kelru. Ah. Had been confronted by what they believed to have been their ally Kabek. Traitor. Betrayal of the highest order. We didn't want to trust him, but our dice just wouldn't let us not, not trust, trust him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your dice sometimes gave you reason to believe that he was obscuring things or hiding things. But yeah. the thing is, is that we don't metagame to where we would have been like, we have to be suspicious because we had to roll sense motive checks. Well, and sense motive just tells you the person's motive, not what they're lying about or yeah. why mm-hmm. they're lying. Yep, true. It's not a... Uh, Heck, even detect lies doesn't actually tell you what they're lying about. It just tells you if they're lying or not. True. <laughs> yep. I think zone of truth would help with that, maybe? No, I think it's just no, the same thing. No, it's just, yeah. yeah. Same thing. Wow. It just doesn't permit them to lie. Well, things that are missing in the Pathfinder rule system is the, what, what are, are you, you lying about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. Things that are missing is a spell that just negates the entirety of the bluff skill. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah. Hey, that's what magic I think for. it's missing for a reason. Kabek had then presented the party with a uh, an ultimatum of sorts, offering you the opportunity to join with him, and together you could defeat the Ruby Prince and raise up Hakatep to his rightful place upon the throne and bring order to the galaxy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah. You guys were like, never. Yeah. We were yeah. the the Luke Skywalker in this situation. Yeah. No, that's impossible. We're not going to rehash that because I think that's how we opened the last yeah, episode. That is too. true. Dang it. We're <laughs> consistent. A battle had then ensued, going rather well for the party for the first bit of it. Yeah. Yeah. We pitted a Medusa. Till taking a stark downward turn. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, following that was the, the deafening of Hollis. A fair amount of damage to Sudi during the uh, the following fight. Uh, not that much, actually. I'm only uh, down a fourth my hit points. On her, it had gone ah. down yeah. into the negative hit points. And then one of the cultists in a vicious flanked power attack critical with a falchion critical with a falchion at 15% chance with each swing finally caught up to Onuris and brought the priest low Citra had managed to retrieve the mask called for a it's a just tactical withdrawal it wasn't a, a full out route so much as you guys decided that uh, a regrouping yeah. yeah yeah yeah. the party had rushed upstairs uh, Hollis had been able to extrapolate from the the bloody mask and everyone's panic that things had gone quite south while she was upstairs trying to mono mono wizard <laughs> to sorcerer duel uh, yeah, yikes a duel for the ages I'm, I'm really still upset that finger of death didn't go I'm not, epic. No. oh that would have been so good yeah freaking sorcerer is supposed to have sucky fortitude he's so swole he's a he's a buff wizard it still did a lot of damage to him uh, i think it was 
yeah. I think still it was hurts. like 37 points of damage or something. It was yeah, still it, messed it still them hurts, up. So. The party had rushed upstairs. They had reached Hollis. Hollis had grabbed the group. And as we begin, Hollis gripping onto the shoulders of your companions, pulling them backwards through the purple door you summon behind you. In this moment, all you can hear is this, this tinnitus ringing in your ears. Nothing but silence. You can feel inside of the building, you could feel the cold rush of that cone of cold. Mm. Not the actual frigid cold damage from it, but just that sensation of just the cold air displaced from below on the ground floor below and this like shaft of snow and ice flakes bursting up the stairwell as the party had reached you miraculously uninjured by a cone of cold to both of them evasion uh, to Sudi and citra you could hear the sound of the cultists yelling hear their approach hear the distant deep voice of kabek echoing from behind his mask as he prepares his next spell. Hear the screeching sound of the sphinx from below, and then all of that disappears in a flash of purple. And then you just find yourself stumbling back into the loose sand drive that leads its way up. As the two camels that drove you here stand off towards the side, Otter looking over at you somewhat curiously and ensconced and spitting in your general direction. And Victory, with a half-chewed mouth full of grass, continues to slowly chew. So question, did I have to drop one of my kukris to get the mask off of Onuris? Yes. Yeah. So I'm down to one kukri. Yeah. I have a knife. So suppose, let's continue. Uh, on her, it fails to stabilize. Citra. Oh, jeez. Um, and we're in the we're in the back of the wagon. Is that where you dimensioned or the I thought, yep. That's where I thought yes. they were. Yeah. So I was like, then we're covered, and maybe he won't notice us immediately. Okay. Yeah. So yeah you, your feet hit the sand, and then the two of you like fall because Hollis appears fully in the back of the wagon, and the two of you like hit the wagon's back on your knees and like fall backwards into the wagon. I am going to attempt to use a wand, or would it be better if I handed it to you? Like, what's your? I have a mischance or a spell failure chance. Okay. Uh, then I'm going to, I guess I'm trying to save the birds, so I will quickly get out my Cure Light Wounds wand, and I will cast it upon Unhurt. Oh, wait. Hmm. What? Reluctantly, Citra is first going to put on the mask. You don't have enough actions to do all that. Yeah, I know, you can't do all I know, that. but it frees up my hand. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm not just going to drop the mask. Yeah, okay. But the bird may die? Depends on what his constitution is. He's at negative seven so, right now, I think. It okay, so last one more round, but I don't know. I, okay, I don't so know if I drop the mask, then one of y'all gotta pick it up and put it on. Yeah, we'll pick it up. Okay. It won't be of, of value to me in this fight because I'm gonna drive off. So. It's not gonna well, be. You're still gonna have anywhere. to get out anyway. No, you shouldn't wear the mask because you're gonna be in the seat. Yeah. So it's either gotta be you or me. Well, I'll just put it on my head. It won't do anything because I already have a headband on. Okay. All right, then I am going to drop the mask, handy haversack, pull out my cure light wounds wand, and I will cure light. All right. Hurt. Okay. So yeah, you stumble free, the mask clatters down into the back of the, the wagon. I have a brilliant idea. Anyway, continue. As you had ran, you, you'd removed the top portion, you'd removed the portion of the mask, the pharaonic headdress. Although by the time you'd made your way upstairs, as you had moved far enough away from Onuris, it had called the rest of the mask. So as it hits the or as it hits the bottom of the wagon as you stand here, you just see the the placid face of Hakatep staring up at you as you drop it to the ground, reach out, pull out. You're pulling out the... Cure Light Wounds wand. All right. And you'll need to roll to activate. 
Okay. I very well succeed. I roll a 14 for a 27. Nice. So 27 will succeed. For two points of healing. Hey, at least hey, he's stable. Hey, he's stable, so that's he, fine. You've reached down, the brave avian, gasping and breathing as you you reach down, lay the wand upon him. This energy suffuses through him. He doesn't awaken, but his breathing steadies from the, the rasping, gasping it was before to a steady, rhythmic breath. Sudi. Um, okay, I guess he will look at Citra. All right, we're running for it, right? Um... We need to get out of here, that's for sure. All right. Uh, Sudi will climb into the, uh, what would it be, the cab? I have the equi- equivalent of the cab. So Sudi turns around, shoves open the uh, the sheet separating the back yeah. from the front, leaps over into the, uh, it's not the cab, I think it's actually called the bench. Is it called the bench? Yeah, I, yeah. I don't remember. I, um, but you leap up into the driving bench. Okay. And then I will attempt to drive off. I will point out to you. You tied up the camels. Cut them loose. Crap. Um, <laughs> you can use a move action to run over to where you tied up because you just tied up victory because yeah. they're still attached by their harness. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will move over there drawing my d- dagger because I'm going to just cut through the, whatever that is. You would have taken the reins and then used the reins to oh, attach that. Oh, you don't want to cut the reins. Oh, I don't know. Okay. It's, I do not want to cut the reins. It is just a move action because you just looped the reins. Oh, okay. So it's okay. just a move action to undo that. Okay. So I get over there. That... Is one move action to get there, one, one move, move action, action to, to unloop it. Do it. All yeah. right, so then I'll need another move action to get back in the cab and go. All right, ready. Yep. How far are we from the manor house from where we're at? So like 300 feet. Yeah, 300 feet. We got a couple rounds, guys. <laughs> Hollis. Two at most. He's not going to cast a scrying spell while he's chasing us, so I'm just going to pick up the mask. You know that the scrying spell has a one-hour casting time. I'm just yeah. going to pick up the mask and put it in my familiar satchel. <laughs> just shove it in there with sugar and be like, watch after this. Uh, I think you well, no, the familiar session only has enough room. You can take f- sugar out and put it in there. Could she not sit in it? Can I would sh- allow her to do so, but she would not be able to. She would be inside of a metal thing. I don't know if she'd be able to move, get out, or speak to you. Mm. Could you just shove it in my handy haversack? Is it open? Yeah, I just pulled the wand out. Is it going to take all of my actions? It'd be a four-round action to deposit something into yeah. someone else's. Favorite. I'm just going to be like, sugar, get and throw it in my familiar satchel. Sugar can hide on me somewhere. Okay. Okay. And then I'm going to haste everyone in the camels. Everyone in the camels. Sweet. Okay. If right. I can get this spell off. Yeah. That ups my AC, doesn't it? Uh, yes. By one. By yeah. one. Yeah. 20% failure rate. I rolled a 12. And you split. But guess what? I prepared two hastes today. Good. I don't know why I did that, but I did. Thanks, hey. past me. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> so you, you call upon your arcane powers. You try your best. Between what has just happened, figuring out what to do with this mask, yelling at Sugar to get out of there, trying to shove this mask down there with one hand while gesturing with the other and not being able to hear anything. Yeah. And again, your ears, it's not just your deafened. There is blood trailing down from either side of your face from your ruptured eardrums. <laughs> I feel like Hollis very loudly is like, we got to get out of here. You can only imagine she probably has a degree of vertigo also from that, mm-hmm. just yeah. from the sheer impact of it. Well, and uh, the teleportation, I imagine, because yeah. that's what Dimension Door always staggers you. Uh, even without being able to hear, though, you can feel like the magical energy just slip ah. out of your control as you're trying to use it. She curses a bunch in Elvish. Hollis, um, from Hollis. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party sans Hollis. I can't oh boy. see her here. Well, is this uh, sight-based or sound-based? It's sound based, which is why Hollis can't roll it. Hey. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Hey, okay, I roll a 16 for a 33. Yeah, 33. 
Uh, oh, it's I, also dark outside. That's actually good for us. I roll an 18 for a 33. Yeah, we're illuminated by the Aurora Borealis. Sitting oh. out here under the full moon. Oops. It's low light. Yep. Yeah. But you're black. Well, and Sudi has low light vision, yep. and Citra has low light vision because of the coal. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, I was just saying, like, you're black. It's going to be hard to see you. Yeah. yeah, but honor and victory, not so much. Well, yeah, you haven't moved yet. Also, the white tarp over the back of the wagon. That, too. <laughs> haven't moved yet. God. Okay, you just said the white tarp, and that immediately made me think of the Oregon Trail. <laughs> it's, it's basically <laughs> it's an Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's dying of dysentery? You guys will be trip. fine until you try to ford the river. <laughs> <laughs> Never ford the river, everyone. It's true. Pro tip from people who played it way too much. Yeah. No. Um, Never all right, so so you got a oh uh 33 so also got a 33 okay nice. so you know Sudi, you leap down you rush over you untie this you grab the rein you know you try to like pat the camel you see hollis struggling with something and gesturing and this like spark and her yelling about things <laughs> she's being very great. loud that's great for our uh, attempts at stealth i'm uh, deaf you know citra you're going to guess still in the back trying to, to tend to the uh the fallen falcon like, Both he stopped you, bleeding right yeah, he's, okay. he's stopped bleeding. Yeah. He's stabilized now. Both of you, you heard that shriek. You've been hearing that shriek of that sphinx the whole time. You hear it continue raging from a distance. And then it's not quite a doppel effect because it's not passing you, but it goes from this distant muted shriek to this much louder as if the barrier that was obstructing the sound from reaching Uh-oh. you has disappeared. Rut-row. He's coming after us. Citra. Citra sheathes her kukri and draws her crossbow. All right. Throwback, by the way, she does have a crossbow. Yeah, I just never really need to use it. Because <laughs> I'm what? usually up in the fight. I was going to say, this maybe only the second or third time I think you've ever used that crossbow. I honestly think I've only used it one other time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I apologize. I've skipped over this. Hollis, I need you to go ahead and roll acid pit damage for me twice. Oh, right. yeah. Because that's still a thing. All right, six. And then eight. Nice. Our sweet, sweet loot is dying. Oh, well. Okay, that's pertinent. She dead yet? Hopefully. Sudi. <laughs> I don't think Rick will let us know. Um, okay, so I hop back into the wagon. Give it a... Yeah. I don't know if Yah works with uh, with camels, but Yah. Yeah, just <laughs> and, snap uh, the uh, the reins. Yep. Give them a quick... And then we barrel. I hit them a couple times so they know to run real fast. <laughs> I've done. A, I've obviously ridden a lot of uh, carriages, guys. <laughs> okay. You mean uh, And by that, he he means that he hits them a whole bunch of time because you're rolled up and then tie them off. So you're doing like a three point turn as yeah. quickly as you can, where you're like back. Hey, at okay, least forward. this doesn't right, have the back. backup thing. Okay, where it's not. It's not, <laughs> he said back and forth, and I was like, feel the rhythm. Feel the rhythm. Um, no, the uh, yeah, he's doing a three point turn, but at least it doesn't go. Every time I back yelling up. in the back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which may be worse. So you can turn around the wagon. Okay. That's going to take 20 feet of the camels. Let me double check on a wagon here. They are hasted. Wait, no, they're not. No, they're not. No, they're not. I have one more shot at that. I have one more shot. We'll see. Uh, as far as spells that you did not succeed on, haste is fine, but uh, you got the other don't, ones off. Yeah, so don't, don't, uh, don't fail the you know fireball or whatever you've got ne- next. Well, I have another haste next. Well... <laughs> The next attack spells. Oh, we need to yeah. get Kabek down. I assume him and the Sphinx are coming after us. I can do the I best I can do. Do you have a glitter dust? Just FYI. Oh, so, nice. Temp blind him. Just saying. Hey. It's a scroll in my bag. What's the range on that? Uh, range is 100 feet per 10 feet per level. Oh. 
What? It's a scroll. Hmm. It would be minimum caster level. But right so, now, we'll see. Still, 100 feet is 100 feet. So if we need to, I can pull that out of my handy haversack. It's true. It is quite handy. Mm-hmm. The carriage bumps them up to a medium load. Okay. Which means that they have a, the carriage has a movement speed of 40 feet per round. Okay. Um, it's going to take you 20 feet of movement to turn the carriage around because it is a... Uh, an average maneuverability for this carriage. Really? Yep. We didn't back up when we got here? No. no. Because, okay, well, so keep in mind. <laughs> you didn't thought, reverse in park? I see. <laughs> no, no, no. One, we're not in a in a pickup truck. But no, the the thought process was we're going to go check that everything's here. And then if it is, we'll roll the, the carriage up. That's true. You know, yeah. Or the, the wagon up. So, no, we did not We did not have it flipped around. No. Nope. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, at that point, you've reversed it around, and you've driven uh, 20 feet down the path because you used your uh, action to start them underway. They're beginning to move up. Yep. Okay. So, you're getting underway. Hollis. All right. I'm going to take a deep breath, say a mental prayer to Nethys, and then try to cast haste again. All right. You call upon your powers. Go ahead and give me that percentile again. Aha! That'll play. 45. Yay! 45. Nice. So you feel this rush of energy go out of you. Sudi and Citra, despite the fact that you're stationary right now, you feel this rush of energy go through you. Okay. Plus one to AC, plus one reflex saves. Yeah. Plus one to hit. Actually, yeah, that's right. It does help with Extra attack. Well, yeah, if we do a full attack action. Well, which you know. And plus 30 to your movement speed. Including our dear friends, the camels. Honor and victory and haste. From behind all of you, oh, no. with the exception of Hollis. Uh, Hollis still had to move extra remaining if you'd like to take it. Grab a wand or something? I pull out my pearl of power. Hey. Okay. <laughs> so from behind all of you, you know, Sudi, you're driving. You've, you're up in the position. You're beginning to crack the whips. You feel, again, it's not that you feel yourself going faster. You feel as if almost everything around you has slowed. Mm-hmm. Yep. Probably given a, it's like, yeah, good job, Hollis. And Hollis hears. Nothing. Nothing at all. Citra. <laughs> You're crouched here in the back. I imagine you just kind of have like one, you pulled out your crossbow or slid away your weapon, have one hand kind of down, making sure that the bird is, is safely set off towards the side. The back flaps of the carriage pulled back and out of your way as the carriage turns around and begins to make its way back down the track. You see this the beautiful halo of lights over the, over the top of the manor house. And then for a moment, silhouetted against that, a massive pair of wings. And then this screech explodes from that direction. And the creature goes from being, oh, about, let's say over 300 feet away to no more than about 60. Oh, oh yeah. As it begins to yeah. beat its wings viciously, it, screeching as it flies towards the party. It, it, does it, is it able to quadruple move? Is that what it's doing? It's able to quadruple yeah, move. Yeah, that's right. It's a straight line. My crossbow is 80 feet range. Well, good. Get him close. Shoot, shoot, shoot him. Huh? Is it my turn? From Akhtar, we go to... Uh, you guys never got the Sphinx's yeah, name. Know, that's his did. name. Oh, actually, no, no. We did because we, we cast a divination oh, yeah. to get that his name was Akhtar. So yeah, there you go. That, yeah. Sutra. I am going to take aim and shoot upon it. So move action to load your crossbow. Yes. All right. Standard action to fire. Your target is one, or sorry, is uh, 80 feet away at the moment. Oh, exactly. Perfect. No. Oh. I'm rusty. You have a plus one. Uh, that's a 15. 15? No. You fire off this bolt. It goes streaking off into the night. Uh, it's close. You don't miss him by much. In fact, you think you might have glanced him 
as in you didn't get through his natural armor, but you would have hit uh, as the bolt just kind of sells off past him. Do we know, like, what would get past? Like, he doesn't have to, like... Uh, no, it's not damage reduction. No, 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 oh, it's okay. his natural armor. You okay. you hit high enough that you would have hit his touch AC, but not his full armor class with uh, natural okay. armor and all the rest of that included. So I was going to say, I got some cold iron bolts, but I don't no. know. Nah, nah, sorry, I was just being descriptive. Okay. Hollis, you go ahead and roll me that acid pit damage. Hey! <laughs> uh, eight more damage. Jeez. Nice. I don't know how many rounds it's been. Been three more rounds. Since it's been round six so far. Yeah. Okay, so two more. No, three more. This pit, Sudi. Okay, so I'm gonna just keep cracking the whip and getting the camels to up to a full run here, I guess. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, crack the whip and keep them going because I mean that's that's about all I can do because it's ranged and that's my kryptonite. I have a crossbow. I'm not shoot. I I, I don't think I can shoot and steer at the same time. Yep, yeah. I figure Citra's like, Sudi, we have company. Great. Which one? The Sphinx. Dang it. <laughs> it's the one that Sudi kind of likes because it's a Sphinx. Sphinx. Sudi, <laughs> I figure. Uh, Sudi like turns around and just starts screaming at it in Sphinx. <laughs> We're not your enemy. And Citra is oh, looking yeah. at, at Hollis and like doing like the bird wings at you. <laughs> and then pointing out with her crossbow. Like, honey, <gasps> I, I figured that you were not shooting at nothing, and combat couldn't possibly fly that fast. Well, you can't hear me. How am I supposed to know? I can't hear you. I don't know what you're saying to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. So, Sudi, for your turn, you have uh, you have two options here. Okay. Uh, you can either drive the camels forward, at which point the camels can move at their 70-foot movement speed. Okay. You can drive them forward faster. You are navigating on a sandy road. As I mentioned, that there are drops off on one side that leads down towards the other side. Oh, so you no. will need to make a profession driver check to maintain control of the vehicle as you do so. Ah, uh, okay. Um, my dice like are not great, so I'll just move them to the normal 70. Okay. And say a little prayer to Phrasma. You still have a standard extra remaining. Um, Intimidate. Oh, yeah. You know what? I'm not <laughs> great at Intimidate, but I have literally nothing else that I can do. You speak Sphinx. And I speak Sphinx, so I will attempt... Oh, boy. Uh, I will... Kai, mother. <laughs> no, I will attempt to Intimidate the Sphinx <laughs> in Sphinx by basically, like, glancing over my shoulder, looking up at the Sphinx, and, like, I guess <laughs> I'll use one hand to point at his stone and be like, Hey, I'm a living monolith. I'm not your enemy, but if you come after me, I'll destroy you. All right, go ahead and make nice. me an intimidate check. We believe do in you. I get a plus do two it, for good roleplay. Do it. Uh, oh, baby. <laughs> did you roll an at 20? Did you roll it? No, I did roll a 15. Oh, that's all right. For a 17. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's better than nothing. It is better you're, than nothing. You're just, you're just a tiny little cat. Well, yeah, if I'm bigger, I'd be at a bonus, maybe. I mean, if he had more ranks in uh, knowledge nobility or knowledge local to know what a living monolith was, he might be slightly more scared. Yeah, oh, well. Also, if you weren't running away. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. Uh, so from Sudi, uh, who continues to drag the wagon away, we go to Hollis. Miss Starkweather. Right. I'm going to peek out that back and uh, can I see him? The yeah, you can climb forward. You're, you're kind of at this point, you're down on one knee grabbing onto the back. The the back of the wagon has one of the, uh, or has a tailgate to it. Okay. So you're okay. kind of grabbed onto that. More or less just kind of perched over on Hurret, who's laying next to Citra on the back of this. All right. Are you, you going to try to dismiss the charm? 
I'm gonna dispel magic on the charm. Okay, cool. Okay, double check the range on that for me because Sudi has driven. You guys are 150 feet away. Yeah, that's a long way away. That may be too far. We'll see. Hold on. It's medium, 100 feet plus 10 feet per level. Nice. Okay, so you have 190 foot range, so you're just inside of the, If Sudi had double moved, you would not have been within range for this. Yep. Well, that nice. Works. That's good. All right, let's see if I can do this. Do it. All right. Do it. I know the DC. 81. Hey. All right, so you get past the percentile failure chance. So 87, now it's going to be. Sorry. Whatever. Okay, that'll also work. Uh, so now it's going to be a caster level check against Comex caster level plus Ooh. 11. Okay. Oh, no. Well. You do get to your level to it. <laughs> He's not going to be that low level. I rolled a four for a dang 13. Oh. Yes, comic is not second level. Sad. <laughs> Might have worked against a Zaz, but anyway. Well, there uh, goes that plan. <laughs> all right, well, we're going to have to destroy him, yeah. too. You extend a hand. You kind of reach out to it. Kind of lean over towards Citra. Look back towards her. Look back towards it. Nope. Citra, Citra however, Citra is reloading. <laughs> And just shakes her head and reloads. <laughs> <laughs> just shink. Hollis curses in Elvish again. That's not helping because we can't hear. We can't understand you. It's not for you. <laughs> it's for herself. Fine. I rolled a dang four. Yeah, we've lost a significant amount of dice luck with uh, the last one years. I wish that Citra could look at you and be like, "I got a glitter dust in my bag," but you just have to hand it to me. I know. Well, the problem is that guy flies so fast; he's gonna come right down. Next on up, <laughs> fireball. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, can you fireball? Yeah, I can fireball, baby. Oh. Oh, He's a wizard. I, oh, okay. I just cool. usually don't prepare it because we've been in libraries. It's true. I. Oh, no. I'm going to make a retraction. What? I apologize, Citra. What? You actually hit your target. <gasps> what? Uh, what? I made a mistake. I just caught myself here. Often overlooked small rule. When quadruple moving or taking the run oh. action, you are flat footed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You are not within range for sneak attack, which is 30 feet, but you still struck your flat footed target Yay. because he's moving too fast to actually dodge. I hit him for a whole three points of yeah. damage. Hey, you know what? That's something. Deep Sill took that holy smite earlier full onto the face. He is not fresh. So, uh, your arrow did thunk into him and go from there to uh, his turn. He will close flying forward. Uh, he's about 30 feet behind the wagon now as he beats his wings, continuing to close, shrieking, still near deafening. Although now that you've kind of grown accustomed to it, it's not quite as bad. Citra Nahamra. I'm going to shoot him again. So load my crossbow and shoot. Yep. That is much better. That'll be a 27. 27. Yeah. Yeah, that'll strike your target. Is he flat-footed? <laughs> uh, no, he's not flat-footed, no. He only double-moved. I know, but... That's a God dang it, only two points of damage. Yikes. God. I, well, she hasn't used a crossbow in a long time. Well, it's just a plus-one crossbow, so it's just a, yeah. what, D8 plus-one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So do the math, guys. How much did I roll? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know. I know it's about your tone. Is. You want to <laughs> roll some uh, acid pit damage there, Hollis? I do. <laughs> I'm concerned that we haven't seen any callback. Uh, eight. Nice. Wow, you like consistently roll eight, too. All different combinations. Yeah, all the combinations yeah. of eight. It's interesting. Sudi Kantar. Sudi Kantar. Sudi will move the horses. Or, God, I 
keep saying horses. Move the camels 70 feet for, further further forward. Okay. We continue to drive the vehicle ahead. Um, and I will ready an action to punch any uh, opponent that gets close enough to me for such action. So, like, if the Sphinx tries to, like, come get me, I'm going to punch him. Because <laughs> clearly he wasn't intimidated by my rousing speech. All right. Round two of the haste. Hollis Starkweather. Got another one of those dispels up your sleeve? No, I've already used one today. Because remember, we went to a library. It's true. Yep. Uh, Scorching Ray. It's true. It's been, the, it's been the same day since you guys... Actually, yeah, you started this day waking up or waking up and heading to the, the public library and doing <laughs> a little lights play with the, the, with the little, miniature... Uh, yeah, it's, it's been a long there. day. Yeah. Miniature di- uh, diorama. you got like a lightning bolt or something, you can... Tracking down the temple of... Or the bolt of right. hidden wisdom. Well, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, stealth is out the window. Fireball. Come on, baby. Uh, I think the screeching sphinx already got rid of <laughs> Seriously? stealth. Seriously? A four. Yep. You you attempt, and I didn't think this 20% chance was going to be much, but then I forgot Jessica's Yeah, Jessica's got rolling. awfully chaotic dice luck. So. Yep, yep. This is Jessica that always complained about how unfair partial concealment was, because it's like, it's a 20% mischance I'm never going to hit. That's true. <laughs> I'm mostly right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, I have other things. It's fine. If we die, it's going to be because of poor dice luck, for sure. It's going to be because of deafness. Yeah, well, because of deafness and poor dice luck. For me. Sugar tends to on her at very sweet, since I'm over him. Yeah. Uh, And this will not be pertinent right now, because you you just fizzled that one from the deafness. But remind me that you are also going to have to make a concentration check because of the movement of the wagon. Oh. Oh, boy. Uh, This is vigorous motion, so combat casting does apply. Uh, my concentration bonus comes from my deific obedience. Okay. So you're pretty good at that as well. My bonus. So that one will also apply. Uh, but not pertinent at this time. Nope, that brings us uh, That brings us back around to Akatar, mm. who charges Citra. Uh-oh. Uh, ah. It sweeps down out of the sky, darting down towards Citra. And it gets to use a special little ability oh, that it has Uh-oh. as a massive feline slash avian of pounce, no! allowing it to get its full attack on a charge. Dang, pounce. dang, dang. This is going to hurt. 20. No. 21. No. Go left. This is 22. Uh, no, that's a 30. <laughs> yes. Oh. So you managed to dodge past its like its beak explodes in here. Like, I imagine Hollis shrieks, darting back and trying to, to press herself back, knocking over. Actually, you have nothing in the back of this wagon. It's nope, just two nothing. benches here. You know, Citra, you duck under this bite. A second claw reaches around and just shreds four cat-like rakes down the side of the wagon, ripping through the tarp. The other claw, however, darts in, grabs onto your thigh, and just rips, hitting you for seven points of damage as it rips into your leg. Jerk. Citra. I drop my crossbow, I pull out my kukri, and slash. (laughs) Nice. Stab it. You done messed up, bud. From Mal's heart. He's gotten his melee. Thank you so much. (laughs) Please critical him. Citra Dude, lashes yeah. out with her blade. Be a 32, which is a threat. Yay! 32 will hit threat. Roll to confirm against the Sphinx. Be a 31 to confirm. Yay! A 31 will confirm your critical hit. Yay! Fully a secret target. So yeah, you, this thing 
rips into your leg. You kind of let the momentum pull you forward as you like half pull out of the back of the wagon as you drive your blade down, slicing it in from like right where his his shoulder meets the wing. Be 19 points of damage. Wow. <laughs> Holy cow. You didn't accidentally add sneak attack or anything, did no, you? No, I start no, out with 14. <laughs> A vicious blow. Uh, it screeches in pain, probably making Hollis happy that at the moment she can't hear this. Sudi, your ready to action did not go off. Yeah, okay. Um, it's 10 feet behind you right now. 15 feet, actually. 15 feet? Okay, I'm going to use a move action to... Hmm, yeah, I'm going to use a move action to continue driving forward. I don't. I guess he's not attached to the wagon, right? No. All right, so we move 70 feet further forward. All right, so you whip them into motion. You continue ahead. Um, and with my other action, I will draw a dagger for next time. All right, you pull a dagger out. Uh, Hollis, go ahead and give me that, uh, that acid pit damage again. <laughs> Ten. This is where all your dice luck is, apparently. D6 is like me. Apparently. It's the getting to the D6. Second to last round. <laughs> oh, well, we'll see. Hollis. Blast this guy. Well, Hollis is, uh, gonna reach into our component pouch and pull out a tiny bone fetish. And cast Bone Shaker. Okay. Nice. So 20% spell failure rate. Nope, 15. What? (laughs) What? Oh my gosh. So what we've learned from this is that Hollis... Hollis is really big into listening to herself while she spell casts, and I'm when oral. not able to do, yeah, she's yeah, she has a whole auditory fixation. We may have to have a swap around here where the wizard starts driving. I'm an auditory learner, okay? <laughs> oh my god! They gosh. debunked that. Drive this wizard. <laughs> Unfortunately, Sudi can't let go of the reins and nope. communicate that to Hollis. Yep. <laughs> Who's probably just screaming in frustration after spell after spell just cannot affect. You know what? I'm going to move action, pull my light crossbow. Great idea. All right. You retrieve your light crossbow. That brings us back around to the Sphinx. I hate him. He charges and pounces. Ugh. This guy. 27 to hit Citra. Yes. Dang it. I might need that wand. Bites onto Citra for five points of damage as his head explodes back into this chomping onto your arm. Uh, it's a natural one followed by 22. Nope. So Yay. you manage to duck and weave past the claws as they continue to shred through this. Uh, he rips out four gouges through the tailgate, like snapping the top board in half. As it, It's doing that thing where it charges forward with its wings, it hits, it starts like clawing, and then its back legs are like kicking furiously as they're dragging <laughs> across the ground as it's trying to almost pull itself into the wagon with Nope, you. not if I have anything to say about it. Citra. Hit him. Maybe? Oh, wait, no. You're plus one. You're hasted. Plus one for haste? He's not. Oh, yeah. Plus one for haste. Oh, well, then I'm going to hit. And you get an extra attack. And he's also losing his ace. Oh, I do get an extra. Did I admit? Not last time. No, because I had to use an action draw. Uh, 25. 25 will strike your target. Okay. Yay. He does drop his AC by two for charging. Yep. For 12 points of damage. Or sorry, 11. 11 points of damage. Wow. So it chomps its beak. Its head is the size of a horse head. So when it bites on, you feel your shoulder impact with almost the back of his throat as its beak pierces like right underneath your shoulder blade on your back. As it does so and you feel this pain shoot down one arm, you flip your dagger to the other hand, whip it around and then plunge it into this thing's eye. It lets out a gurgled gasp. 
you actually feel the tip of your curved blade like arc back around and almost hit yourself in the shoulder before it dislodges entirely and there's this crashing wet bone snapping sound as it goes tumbling across as the carriage drives past it studio okay well that turned things around um the studio pulls out the dagger and goes ah oh Okay. okay. No, that's. I'm, I'm, <laughs> hey, I am perfectly fine with not having anything to do there. Citri yells up at you. I got the sinks. Great. All right. Where's Kabek? Um, I guess I'm gonna He's look in around. the wagon with you. No. Oh god. <laughs> how did he? How did he view this once and get a high? Uh, Citri does have a move action. So I just realized. Did I ever say what I did with that wand? You no, I just assume you dropped, dropped it on the yeah. back of the. Yeah. Well, you also have two you hands. Up. You have two hands, so you could have transferred yeah, it to the other hand. I'm going to pick up the wand. Well, she needed a hand free to reload the crossbow. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah, so yeah, you can pick it up. I'm going to pick up the wand. Pick up the wand again? All right. Yeah, it's just kind of rolling back and forth across the back. Um, much like pure, pour on Kurt. No, sugar's tending him. Goodness. It's going to be okay. Uh, so, Sudi, you're continuing to drive? Uh, yes, I continue to drive. I guess I'll have this dagger more in the if I need it position because I have nothing else to throw. As the ready, uh, Hollis, go ahead and roll me your damage, your last round for the pit. Five. The pit of no return. Do you have any action, Hollis? Uh, yeah, I will move action, load this crossbow. Great idea. And then, um, can I ready or no? Yeah. Uh, and then I will ready to cast my last. Fifth level spell that's not dismissal. So I'll ready to cast another lightning arc if I see Kabek. Okay. So you crouch, you ready yourself. Citra grabs this one, probably just shoves it into her boot for safekeeping for the moment. Sudi, you continue to drive as quickly as you can. Uh, breakneck speeds for these camels as far as as far as that's concerned. You're maybe a quarter mile away before you can finally let yourself relax. Mm. There doesn't appear to be any further pursuit. Well, I don't see him. But do we head back in town, or do we try to go back? Why are we slowing? Are we slowing down? Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of slow to a more reasonable pace. Why are we slowing down? Well, you're not going to be able to hear this, but... <laughs> All right, so if Kabek's not after us, I would assume he's probably regrouping himself and his followers. Yes, but is he regrouping there, or did he teleport away? Because I don't want to leave him there. That's the problem. We don't know. I mean, we can we can heal ourselves up on the way back over there and try to go back, but we may be setting ourselves back into the lion's den, as it were. So I don't know. I really don't. And we don't know if that Medusa is alive or not. No, we don't. So. Citra reaches into her bag and grabs a one of her sketchbooks that she has, and she jots down ah. a little bit of what's going on and then shows it to Oh, nice. To Hollis. Uh, are we going back? Citra jumped down in a journal. That's what we're trying to decide. If we go back now, he's probably still hurting. If I mean, he's there. It's a very good point. I mean, I don't want to leave on yours there. I don't either. Plus, can we be sneaky? Not in this thing. What? Citra writes down, not in this thing. Mm. However, if we go back, we can't retreat like we just did. Are you completely out of spells? No, no, no. no. Out of teleportation magic. No. So if we probably won't be able to do the same trick again. Try to get out, so we'll be committed. However, I think it's the right thing to do. Aren't there only, like, a couple guys left? That's there the should be two people, possibly the Medusa and Kabek, who should be injured. Although he'll have the same time we have to to heal himself back But he's up. a sorcerer. 
You can't hear me. What? I can't hear you. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> I think if if we can heal up, we might be able to be okay. Okay, what do we have that can do that? I have a wand, Steel, and we have some scrolls. Okay. All right, patch everybody up. I'll turn us around and go back. Y- you guys should heal up. Sit your right. Hollis is pointing out her, like, you know, completely <laughs> unblemished skin. Yeah. Sit your rights. That's what we're going to do. And then head back. Hollis nods. Yeah. Prepare some more spells, wizard. So the I'm good out news of is, slots. <laughs> the, the good news is that uh, Sudi can, uh, well, we got to have something to bring Kavik low. That's the big thing, so. Okay, so I have to roll every single time I use the wand, though, right? Yeah, you can never take 10 on a use magic okay. plus. Okay, um, how, how far is it going to, like, how long is it going to take us to go back? So how many rounds can of healing can we apply? You're a quarter mile away. Your mounts are no longer hasted, and so it's going to take you at least 10 minutes to get back there. Okay, so oh, we've geez. got time to get okay. fully healed up. Yeah. Hopefully. Wands- it might be easier for her to use the wand when not in the back of a bouncing wagon. So, so you might stop. wait for her to use the wand and then head back. Okay. okay. All right. We'll do that. All right. So it's just the minimum caster level, correct? Well, you should be one. able to take 10 now because you're not under threat. You so. can never take 10 with use magic. Can, yeah, oh, that's right. Because there's that. a failure chance. Okay. So No, no. It's not, not that there's a failure better. chance. Um, Specifically, use magic device says you can never take 10 with yeah. it. Yeah. How far down are you? I am down 21 hit points. Pause for healing. Okay. We have ten charges on that left. All right. Did we did we heal on her up? Heals up for nine. Okay, that should get him conscious at least, right? Hopefully. And he understands Osiriani, so we can tell him, "Hey, stay out of the fight this time. We're going back for Onuris." Hey, go find his ass. <laughs> oh wait, we don't know where they are. We don't know where they are. He has. Well, we're not his person though, because I was going to say he has Seek. Well, Sugar can talk to him. The avian regains consciousness, flits and flutters, manages to get back up to his feet. Tinder is one wing where he's been hit rather badly, and you can only imagine with his hollow bones a number of cracked ribs. Mm-hmm. Sugar? Cluck, cluck. You cannot hear sugar to communicate with her because you're deaf. I'm so upset. Kaka, kaka, kaka. Cluck, 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 cluck. Kaka is what the rest of the party hears. Yeah, great. Great. You need to stay in the wagon. You're he understands the language. I know. I'm just s- slow because yeah. he's not smart. Yeah. Stay in wagon. We'll be back. On her, it you know settles down. Sugar does that thing where the birds do, where she kind of settles down and then like scooches a little sideways until they're like side by side, and then rests one wing over the battered warrior falcon. Sugar glances up towards the two, uh, well, all three of you, before kind of bobbing her head. I think that means we're good to go. All right, I'll get us close, and then we'll have to go on foot. But I don't know if we want to be fast, because we're giving, we'd be giving them more time to potentially find us. I mean, I don't know. Why don't we just be sneaky? All right, I guess we'll be sneaky. What? <laughs> Like Sudi, Sudi makes a like a, a pose that's like creeping. Sudi pulls his hood up. <laughs> sure. The widely internationally understood Assassin's Creed symbol for "I'm now being stealthy." Uh, <laughs> the hood uh, goes uh. up. Citra um, wipes Thanks, a Kenway. few. Citra wipes a few tears from her eyes and then nods, and we get ready to sneak up for it. Are you leaving the avians here? Yes. Yes. Oh, I don't like it. No. Uh, 
I don't like it one bit. Well, the the things in your satchel. We put the mask in your sack. Okay. We remove the the mask from her satchel and put it in my handy haversack. Can both the birds fit in my satchel? For your edification, Hollis, if he is planning on scrying, he'd be a third of the way through a scrying spell. Mm. Oh, that'd be so nice to interrupt him in that, though. I pull out the mask and I stick it on Sagira. Wow, that's weird. Oh, no. And stick it on Citra's head. What are you doing? And then I take your scarf and I wrap it around it. He might be scrying. I don't like this at all. It's hidden Mm. under your scarf. If you can't see it, he may not know we have it. He won't know who to target. Citra. Intelligence, wisdom, or charisma? Probably wisdom. That helps my perception. Okay. I don't like Hollis takes this, takes the mask out, places it over Citra's head, all in one piece at this moment. Oh, sorry. You feel this settle onto your head, and everything becomes so much clearer. As, as you feel the rush of energy, you can feel your mind firing faster. You suddenly feel this renewed sense of purpose, this sense of will flow through you. You feel your senses sharpen. You feel this rush of power. You feel the energy flow through you as the mask, as the front of the mask shifts, subtly settling on your face with this warm embrace, not smothering. Like every time you saw Anuris wearing it, you can only imagine that it was smothering, but almost like an extension. For those of you watching the mass shifts to assume Citra's features, yeah, your wisdom goes up by four, which gives you a plus two bonus to all of your will saves. Uh, you get a plus two bonus on perception, all wisdom-based skill checks. Everything just seems clear to you. In addition to that, since this hasn't been really as pertinent for you to keep track of. Huh? You know all the it mass has abilities. abilities. Oh. I don't think you've been tracking as many of the mass abilities as Heather has. No. I don't plan on wearing it. You're well, wearing I might it know now. it because it might become pertinent. First off, you're currently under a non-detection spell, so that's nice. Uh, this hadn't come up uh, much pertaining towards that, but uh, you can glance around at your compatriots and immediately determine the condition of the creatures near death within 30 feet of you. Uh, you instantly know whether each creature within the area is dead, fragile, alive, and wounded with three or fewer hit points, fighting off death, alive with four or more hit points, healthy, undead, neither alive nor dead, such as a construct. So, yeah, you can immediately sense effectively the general state of each of your companions as you look around at them. Yeah. As um, you can sense their call, their life energy flowing through them. Yeah, I have the same ability, so. Yeah. This is a bit disturbing. Worry about it later. We've got work to do. Uh, you are now immune to disease, including supernatural diseases. Time to my mirror for you. You can cast Death Ward if you want to. Oh, nice. Although we haven't really... Yeah, but if you're going in there and you think Kavik might be using some sort of necromancy spells, yeah, it does protect. It also protects you from all negative energy and everything like that. So, uh, in addition to that, uh, you can cast Eye Bite as well if you so wish. You gotta Eye Bite this mofo. Yeah, definitely Eye Bite him. What is Eye Bite? It's a it's a close range spell. It lasts for one round per level. Uh, it does allow Fortitude Save and Negate. Each round you can target a single living creature, uh, so you, you can continue to use it once every round, striking with waves of power. Depending on its hit die, this attack has many as uh, three effects. If it only, if it has ten or more hit die, it's sickened by glancing at it. If it has five through nine, it's panicked and sickened. And if it has four or less, it's comatose, panicked, and sickened. So you might be able to basically get rid of the cultists by just looking at them. As a side note, that sickened effect uh, lasts for 170 minutes. <laughs> wow. As an interesting also side note, the effects cannot be negated by remove disease or heal spell. Only remove curse. Wow. Nice. That's messed up. 
So, yeah. Okay. I will say wearing that mask, the mask part makes it obvious you're wearing it. Should I take off this part? Yeah, you. If you do, um, I think you still get all the same benefits, right? If you remove the mask, you only gain access to the stat boost. Mm. Uh, as well okay. as the non-detection. Okay. But the death sight, as well as all the spell-like abilities, the mask, the mask portion is required. Okay. As well as the immunity to diseases. Yes. So... Only the non-detection and the stat boost. Everything else, I have to be wearing both parts. If you're just wearing the headdress. Okay. I mean, again, the immunity disease and the access to uh, to death ward are both very viable reasons to wear the mask. Yeah, it's more the, do you want to be the target? Um. Well, they might notice if she's suddenly showing up wearing a bulky head wrapping over the top of her head instead yeah, of bareheaded yeah. as she was previously. I mean, they're going to notice I'm wearing it no matter what. Possibly. They're looking for it. Yeah. So we'll just leave it on for right now, and then we'll put it in a box later. Okay. Pop my hat on top of your head. You can pull it low, and it's like, might help. I don't know. Now, you, now you're at three layers of hat. <laughs> Seems like too many hats. Do both of the birds fit in my satchel? Oh, no, he's small-sized. No. No, he definitely doesn't. He would not fit in a similar, familiar satchel because he is small-sized. I put sugar in my satchel. She doesn't get a choice. You get the feeling that she's clucking at you. I'm deaf. I can't hear you. And I put her in there. What are you doing? All right. I we're guess we'll turn this around. Yeah, we're sneaking forward. Sneaking wanna, forward on the wagon? Uh, okay, no. So I want to go take the wagon to we're about, I don't know, maybe 600 feet away. Okay. And then we'll cross the rest of the way on foot. Okay. And hopefully Kabak doesn't ambush us. All right. Again. I'd like to try to cast Detect Magic and... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have to try. Concentrate on it. Okay. it's a good idea. I get a 36. All right. So I can cast it. Are you just staring off the front of the wagon? Yep. Okay. <laughs> Make sure Kabek isn't just sitting there invisible, invisible in the middle of the road. I mean, come on, we can just run him over. It'd be fine. The three of you slowly make your ride back. On her, it sits in the back, quietly plucking at his bent and broken feathers, removing those, uh, stretching out his left wing over and over again as if trying to work out a kink or stretch out something or God knows if he's broken something in that fight. It only takes about 10 minutes for you to make your way back. Well, you're not rushing at this point, so it'd probably be closer to 20 minutes to navigate your way back, especially since you're not trying to draw attention to yourself by rushing your way mm -hmm. down the, uh, the dirt streets in the middle of the night. Yep. You eventually make your return. You think that you're probably about 300 feet away from the turnoff, just roughly judging. There's an old, it's an old grain silo, which sits off to the side of the road. It almost looks, uh, it's not like our modern silos so much as it almost looks ovular in shape. Like the structure is half buried in the ground. And then there are a number of protrusion sticks coming off the side of it at various heights, making its way up the length of it to allow someone to effectively use them as a ladder to climb up towards the top of this, this silo and deposit everything within. If it has seen use, it has not probably been in decades. You can make your way down here out of sight of the main road, pull your wagon around to the side of this. The fields here, which were probably once a verdant, are given over to just disuse and decay. As you roll your way over here, other than a couple of scorpions that skitter off, having been in the process of fighting to the death, uh, <laughs> you two fight to the death. Other than a couple of scorpions, no, there's no movement. You easily dismount, tie up the camels. In both of their cases, they're looking somewhat tired after their, their ragged run from earlier. 
but they seem to simply grin and bear. More trained mounts such as they are, always ready to take on some sort of new burden. Obviously, they're much more used to dragging a chariot as opposed to a big bulky wagon. Mm. They'll be alright. Yep. Citra gives them a pat. Honor nods. Yes. And then we stop oh, off. Donner. Victory spits. <laughs> Not at you, just I, in general. That's what we do. <laughs> All right, we stealth up through the trees. I don't know, like the snakes that we are going to be, so we can snap at them. I don't know. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check from the party. Oh, boy. Okay. I roll a 16 and get an 18. Okay. I roll a 10 for a 19. Roll a 17 for a 30. Okay. So, Citra, you're one. You're probably impressed by the the level of uh, of quiet that you're managing to get out of your compatriots. Especially with one deaf. Yeah, I mean Hollis thinks she's doing phenomenal. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, you can. And ironically, <laughs> actually, she is. Yeah. But it's probably one of those, you know, with Hollis's intellectual level, where she realizes that she won't be able to hear whether or not she's putting enough weight on anything that might give or have some sound so Hollis is sticking strictly to sand even if she has to use her abnormally long elven legs to try to like step <laughs> wide over fallen date palm leaves yes. to uh, to navigate her way forward it takes the better part of about two minutes for you to cross back across the road navigate your way through the dead date palms as you begin to approach closer you can still see that the the front door is gone yeah the door jam is gone. All shattered remnants. There's not light coming through that opening. You're not really surprised by that because many of the candles were extinguished by the blast of the cone of cold. It just drove out all of them. There's still some faint light coming from inside. As if there's still some flickering candles remaining. That's all you say. Citra motions to Sudi to continue on. All right. Wait, who's taking point? Me or I assume I'm going to take point. Okay. Out of curiosity, Citra, what's your stealth modifier? Plus 13. Sudi, what's yours? Plus 9. Okay. So, um, just as a mechanical thing, you would have the best bet if Citra took point and Sudi stayed 40 feet behind her. Because oh, that means that the difference between that from with the penalty for perception checks would make both of you about just as stealthy as each other. Okay. I think Hollis has a plus 2. Yep. Yeah. But... I'm wearing the mask. Yeah, I so I'm, I'm a little leery isolate. about yeah. putting us 40 feet yeah. away. Also, stealth is almost always uh, is almost going to go out the window because you can't leave Hollis behind. She can't hear if you get into trouble. Yep. Yeah. And Hollis only has a two modifier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, so really that's not really realistic. Unless Hollis can turn herself invisible. Not today. Yeah. So we'll just stick with Sudi if you want to take point. And then okay. that way I can quickly get Hollis if I need to or okay. motion to her. Okay. All right. Here we go. So uh, I guess if you guys are still stealthing, go ahead and roll me a stealth check. All right. I rolled a six and got an eight. Uh, I roll a 13 for a 22. I roll a 15 for a 28. Very well. Which does matter because we're going to be heard because of all I this. got yeah. an eight. Citra, you slip forward, silent as an owl on the wing. As a raven. As a raven. So do you slink ahead, cat feet making no noise as you you spread your toes out to soften the impact as you make your way forward. And Hollis nods, uh, stands up. You wear a duster, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her duster flapping dramatically in the wind, <laughs> unbeknownst to her as it kind of picks up behind her, and there's just this snap, 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 snap as the as the wind catches the duster and she strides dramatically out. No capes. 
what? No, I don't say anything, <laughs> but like I, in the back of the in the back of my head is Edna Mode going, no capes. No capes. It's not a cape, it's a jacket. And it's a jacket that has a cape element. Mm. You know, Citra, I imagine you just kind of close your eyes. I mean, there's, again, you can't even communicate something yeah. easily to her. You dart your way forward. You reach the, the edge of the door jam. You press yourself against the side. Uh, Sudi reaches the other edge of the door jam, presses himself against the other side. Uh, Hollis probably crouches near the abandoned wagon, just a scant 20 feet beyond that. The two of you glance inside. It's, it's just dark. You can see the, the rectangular shape of the archway that leads out into the courtyard. You can see a faint outline from here now with it being as dark as it is. The moon has moved, casting the shadow, the courtyard into half and half shadow. But you can still see the two date palms and the statued form standing between them. Citra glances to Sudi. Sudi nods, and I guess we enter the main door. It's curious. You don't often return to the scene of the crime. I imagine you step in, you know, Sudi, your regimented mind is immediately going through, you know, you have training in a military order. You step in, your eyes dart checking, your eye darts checking the corners. Uh, your ears pivot, keeping a listen out. While half of the lights here have been extinguished, those candles, the other ones have just burned, begun to burn low. Some of them have been extinguished from the fight before, but as you look around, you don't see any immediate threats. For Citra, though, you're not... You're not a trained military. You're not a trained soldier. Nope. You can only imagine how bizarre this would be for whoever else finds this. Massive bird feathers lay scattered about, particularly around the door jam from where the Sphinx had, had fought its way inside. Smaller bird feathers float in pools of blood. Scorched sections of floor show where the cultists stood before they died. Although the marks themselves are strange as when they exploded into these fiery snakes, there's still these slithering snake-like marks across the ground from where those fires burned out from them. Piles of bloody clothing, weapons, and armor lay scattered about the room in roughly the shape of a man from where they fell. Despite the time that's passed, some of the frost still clings to the surrounding walls in the shadows here even as the evening here is not cool enough to maintain it there's still blood crystals in sections where they just the blood froze solid with the blast and some of the stones just cracked under the sudden reversal of temperature it's a strange massacre but it looks like nothing here has been touched you reach the archway leading into the the courtyard Citra your kukri lace still stabbed point down into the dirt when you just tossed it to grab the mask. Kelru's statue still stands off to one side, and there lays the still form of Onyurus. He's moved. The body, when he fell, he fell forward. He hit the ground. He lay with his face turned before, but now he's been rolled over onto his back. Everyone made me a perception roll, except oh. for Hollis. I mean, Hollis wants to say, hey, don't flip him. There's probably a rune uh, under crud. there. Uh, I roll a two, and I'm guessing this is sight-based. Sound-based. Sound Otherwise, based, Hollis baby. will be able to roll. Oh, yeah. Fair point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a 19. It's an 11 for a 28 for Citra. Okay. It's a trap. Of course. Sudi, you, I imagine, stay tense. Keep your eyes out. You don't see marks from the other two that were here. You know there were still two alive. Not counting Kabek. 
Citra, you concentrate. Close your eyes, let everything disappear, just the sound of the wind whistling through. This place is quiet. It may be... Maybe too quiet. No. Uh, <laughs> but it's as quiet as a church here. You probably glance down sadly, looking at the aftermath of the battle. It's as quiet as a tomb. Citra's got like black streaks down her cheeks from her coal. So we need to be sure that nobody's here. Let's check upstairs. Hollis just waits patiently for someone to tell her what she's doing. Or Citra to be attacked. Pulls out her sketchbook, writes. We need to clear the building first. How'd you get his mask off if he slipped over like that? She writes, he wasn't like that when he fell. Hollis cocks her head to the side. You should be careful if you flip him because you could put a rune under him that would maybe hurt us real bad. She writes, I'll check for traps. <laughs> the three of you move. Uh, you ascend up the stairs. I imagine you sweep from room to room. Yeah. Hollis, I imagine, most of the time is almost walking backwards. And Citra, at some point, you'd probably need to activate your Wayfinder, as there are some of these rooms that don't have a light source in them. But I imagine Hollis does a lot of walking backwards, because, again, it's that... I can only imagine the paranoia of not being able to hear anything, so you're relying entirely on your sight. So knowing your companions, but the fact that you're bringing up the rear is probably what's making you so concerned. I also don't know if that Medusa's dead or not. Yep. Sweeping the ground floor, sweeping the second floor. Do we see a dead Medusa body? Careful. You see a pile of burnt humanoid and snake pitted remains mm -hmm. and bones hey. uh, left over All right. where the Medusa was. How's that yeah. How's that uh, ring uh, situation looking? She actually died on round seven. But. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel um, a little bad. That's a horrible way to go. That is a rough way to go. Hey, I'm just happy we don't have to fight her now. Because, yeah, that's like... 36 seconds of suffering. It's awful. Yeah. What's, how's her loot situation looking? <laughs> the bow, the quiver, the arrows are all irredeemable. Sure. Um, yeah. They're just burnt, charred mess. Sweeping her with a detect magic. Sure. You do detect some magic. Hmm. I nudge Citra. I think she's got some rings left over. Why do I have to be the one to get it? I might fizzle. Well, no, I guess I. That's knowledge. Never mind. I walk over and look around for the rings. Okay. Uh, what do you get taking 10 on a spellcraft? Uh, 28. 13. <laughs> Nothing, because I don't have it. I just wanted to be a part of it. Citra's an amateur. <laughs> Maybe these will be really helpful. You find the following. Hey. Uh, in each of these cases, these have taken some acid damage, uh, although okay. not enough to actually... Give them broken condition? Yeah. Okay. They're just a little pitted. She seems to have almost done everything that she could to protect her rings all the way up until death. Makes sense. <laughs> Thanks, honey. First off, you find that uh, there was probably, there's still a little bit of leather left on this, uh, of which was probably some sort of leather twine or thong that she wore around her neck of a tiny turquoise feather. Hmm. Uh, this is a whip feather token. Oh, fun. Okay. She also wears a plain, unadorned, somewhat tarnished gold ring. Okay. This is one of the magical ones. You can determine that this is a ring of blending. Usually these come in cloaks, so it's kind of odd that it's a ring. Hmm. Uh, once per day, this, sim or this simple ring allows you to assume the form of another humanoid creature as if using Alter Self. Ooh. This change lasts for one hour, although you can end it prematurely as a free action. While in this form, you also gain the ability to speak and understand the basic racial language of your chosen form. Hmm. That's, That's really interesting. actually seems pretty useful. We might want to keep that. 
Also answers the question of why you didn't notice that she had snakes for hair when you first met her. True. Yeah, because she was. Because she had like black ringlets. Yep. You can see a uh, a worn. It's strange. A uh, a worn leather band set with a silver bird's foot. Hmm. Identifying this, you can determine that this is a ring of jumping. Cool. Fun. Interesting. There is what appears to have at one point been a bone ring. Uh, the bone's pretty much completely destroyed. Mm. However, the ruby that it was carrying still exists. Okay. Uh, and it's worth 200 gold pieces. There's some copper slag that you think were once rings. <laughs> Non-magical ones, clearly. There is, however, a magnificent platinum ring set with a tiger eye that she kept clenched in one fist even until death. Go ahead and make me a praise check on this. Nope. Rolled in it. One. Perfect 20 for a 20. That's oh, good, because I rolled a 4 for a 14. I rolled a 1 for a 7. Uh, so you'd estimate that probably this would be worth about 600 gold pieces. Wow, nice. It is an extraordinary cut for this tiger eye gem. Cool. There are six silver wedding rings. They are each slightly damaged, although if you were even to heal them by one or two points by something like a mending spell, they would be worth 50 gold pieces each. Makes me wonder where the F she got those from. And they're how much each? Sorry. 50 gold each. 50 each. Uh, And strangely, there's a simple carved stone ring. It's worth five gold pieces. Okay. There's some signs that there were other rings, but they have disintegrated. Sure. Yeah. So most of her rings actually weren't magical. She was just obsessed. Oh, yeah. Searching the rest of the second floor, searching the rest of the ground floor, there's no one here. There's no signs that they collected anything, though. There's bedrolls, beds laid out, uh, supplies just left behind. Well, they're compromised. Yeah, this was probably their base. Judging by what you can see here, they were gone probably before you'd even stopped the wagon 20 minutes ago. Hmm. Well, if we assume that Kabek had some type of teleportation magic, he may have gone back to the city to try to ambush us there. It's possible. So we may have unintentionally faked him out. Well, let's, I guess, lift this heavy thing and then we'll get on yours. Yeah. Um, So I guess uh, Sudi will (laughs) try to lift uh, the stone form of Kelru out the door out the front door I think we're gonna have to work together yeah we're all gonna have to try yeah Uh, what is your what are each of your uh, uh, lift off grounds 200 also 200 460 pounds okay so you can barely between all of you lift about the 800 pounds that is Kelru right now yep Uh, struggle with him keep in mind that you parked the wagon 600 feet away well I'm gonna yeah I was gonna either drag him out front and go get the wagon or Go get the wagon, okay. drag him out front. So while Sudi goes and gets the wagon, you can loot the four piles at this point left over from the cultists that you fought. Sure. Sure, I'll keep detecting magic on him. You find the following. Eight scrolls of magic missile. Nice. I'm going to keep those. Well, some of them maybe. For now anyway. Hey, scrolls I can cast. Yep. Because I've used magic device. Oh, you want like four of them? Yeah. Give us some range power. Uh, four scrolls of magic weapon. Four suits of studded leather armor. Four plus one heavy crossbows. Wow. I may have to grab one of those if I'm proficient. I believe you are. Four masterwork falchions. Jeez. Um, I will let uh, Hollis make me a a spellcraft. I'm going to take 10 for a 28. Okay. You can see the fading aura of magic weapon disappearing off of these. Ah, they must have cast magic weapon on these. Mm, Makes sense why there's only four to them instead of eight. What? 
Um, <laughs> Sudi like holds up one of the scrolls and and makes like a four and then another four and then holds up like the the magic missile or the magic weapon ones and just goes like just solid four. Are only four of them match? Oh, yeah. I guess they already used one. That because makes they sense. used one, which is why they should all have two each, but they only have one. You find four cloaks of resistance plus one. Okay. Uh, collectively, ninety-four dollars or ninety-four gold pieces in pocket change. Ninety-four dollars. What's that doing here? Yeah. You also notice a couple things. I'll go ahead and give this to Hollis also, since she's kind of sweeping the area with detect magic. There is some faint magic coming from a few scattered places. Uh, as you check these, you see that there's residual magic left over from the bottom of some potion vials. It looks like when you enter, they each drank a potion of heroism as well. Ah. Probably attributing to their accuracy in combat. Jeez. Uh, Well, not for the first half of the combat, but for the latter half of the combat. Wow. Jeez. Uh, There's only one thing missing from all these individuals. You find no funerary masks. That's They're too valuable to leave behind. So he can give them to new people. Well, I think they're actual funerary masks, so they're probably actually rare and hard to find. Hmm. Interesting. Citra. I guess the question is after that, uh, what are you doing with Onuris? I am checking to make sure they haven't booby-trapped him. Okay, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Are there any silver chains left? Uh, no, their silver chains are missing as well. Again, too valuable to leave yeah. behind. No, they've left thousand gold cloaks behind. I guess that's true. They're, and two thousand gold weapons. A symbol of who they are. Yeah, maybe. So, checking for traps. I get a twenty-nine. With a twenty-nine, you don't see any traps on them. They left him, they seem to have left him, they moved him, but they left him seemingly undisturbed. I mean, Natron's fang still lays in the sand two feet away from him. Okay, Is his journal weird. with him? That's the only thing missing. God, yeah. I knew it. Jeez. Does, is there any residual, like, speak with dead magic? No, not that you sense. All right. It's about this time that Sudi returns from retrieving the wagon. All right, what's the verdict? They don't seem to have trapped him. All of his things are still here except for his journal. Oh, great. That's got a lot of information. Although, Kavak did imply he was further along than we were. What? But I don't know how much information about what we've been researching is actually in that journal. Everything, as far as I know. He wrote down almost everything every night. So, if there was any gaps left, might know it. The good thing is, we haven't found Jesus' tomb yet, so there's still a chance... Hey, you know, the good thing is we didn't find that tomb yet because we're not done researching. Shush you. Citra (laughs) can't help it, but she does grin a little bit at this. And uh, she writes on the thing, uh, on yours, his journal is missing. Oh, I saw the word journal on your face. That's the only word I saw. I took it. I wrote down what he did in it, too. You saw the word journal on her face? Like when she's like, journal is like a really weird. No, her, her her lips don't move. She's wearing the mask. Yeah. Oh, dang it. She's unreadable. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it in your eyes. I saw a journal on Sudi's face. <laughs> yeah. I can read cat lips. Anyway. Like Only animals. cat lips, not human lips. <laughs> She's so I, used to reading bird lips. It's true. I documented some of the visions. Oh, the In visions, Elvish. Actually. In my own journal. Do we know if Anira's wrote in a code? I don't think so. I hope so, because he's... Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, he would have had to be making checks to write in a cipher. Or he, just which, a language that he doesn't know. or, or Yeah, he specifically language. said he wrote everything in ancient Osiriani. Which will not have stopped Kaveh. Yeah. No. Guaranteed he knows that. I guess we should carry him out. Yeah. Actually, Sudu just nods. So does Citra. All right. Let's do the unpleasant tasks now. You collect Kelru without much of an issue. Kelru? Oh. I thought we already did. 
Well, no, no, you had to bring the cart oh. up. So we have to yeah. load him up. Okay. So you, you can place Kelleru in the back of the cart without much of an issue. The wagons, uh, or the back of the wagon groans with the with the sheer weight of this adding onto it, but it's not enough to you know, break an axle or anything like that. I suppose then, uh, you know, I imagine Sudi returns, kneels down, folds Onuris's arms across his chest in the way that you have to three, four dozen times before in your training in the temple. Place him fully over his cloak. Lay his scarab shield on top. Place Natron's fang back into its scabbard at his side. Take either edge of the cloak where it rests under his shoulders as Citra grabs the the trail end of the cloak which rests under his legs. And with that you form a, a makeshift stretcher and bear the fallen priest back to the wagon. As you lay him down on her it just shuffles over and settles himself on top of Onuris's chest. Sugar clucks, seemingly consolingly. Hollis would open her flap and let her out again. She flutters over, keeps a respectful distance, but the two avians bear witness to the priest as you, I suppose, put this place behind you. Yeah, as they ride back, there's just tears dripping out from under the mask. Hollis puts her arm around you. So... What are we going to do? I don't know. I mean, there is magic we can use to bring him back, maybe? Mm, It requires an exceptionally powerful spellcaster, and it's usually very expensive. It requires diamond dust. So I write, trying to think of our options. Is it possible to bring him back? And she shows that to Hollis. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you just need a powerful enough, uh, priest, and, uh, 5,000 gold, d- or not gold dust, what is that, diamond dust? I don't, I mean, the Hacha might be strong enough, she's pretty strong, but we don't even know, well, and I don't think she liked on yours. The Hatia's not no. going to help us, the Hatia has a doubt for us. Well, and on yours may or may not have royally ticked her off by standing smugly with Momonofra. Mm. I mean, I don't have near enough gold to afford anything like this. I mean, we've we've picked up some things. We might be able to scrape together the funds, but Bahatia, Septi possibly was powerful enough, but we have no idea where Septi is. Yes. Mm. I don't think Septi is an option. Even if we do make nice with Bahatia, which... I don't know how we're going to do that. I still don't think she would perform it. And I don't know of powerful enough priests in the city. I mean, I was a, I was a student. Mm-hmm. I don't see Mama Nafra being that generous, considering she already held it over our heads when we got the two scrolls to unstone the two of you. I mean, we're already deeply in her debt, and I don't get the sense that she cares about us in any kind of a... Oh no, she's playing a game. We're at best useful assets. We're not... We're expendable. Oh, well, definitely expendable. I didn't think for any second that she thought we were essential to anything. I assume Tefu is out, Wati is definitely out. An? Any high priests of An? Yes, but the silver chain is all over On. That's oh, why I that's left. That's a fair point. Doesn't Callback know what's going on now? And isn't he trying to find the last piece and do 
do we have to, would on yours be okay with us taking that time he was always about making sure we were like staying on mission Hollis brings up a good point. I don't know if we have the time to wait. I mean, Sothis is very far away. I, there might be magic to get us there faster, but that's still time that we may not have if we are. And there's have no any guarantee there's a caster there either. Unfortunately, I don't think we have the means to bring him back. At least not now. And Hollis is right. We're on a timetable. Who knows how much Kabek knew, knows now, because he has Onuris' journal. I mean, we have to assume he knows everything. And regardless of whether we can or not, Phrasma has spoken. The fate has been done. So I'm not entirely sure we should. His story is ended. I mean, he always thought he had the destiny. I think he always thought it was something greater, but maybe he was brought back just to save what he. Yeah, the, the sad fact of it is that sometimes people's purpose that they're there to help others to lift them up. I think Onuris did that. Probably wanted to continue doing that, but Phrasma has other plans, and it seems we've been set to a situation where we can't go against it so unfortunately that means that we can't raise him so we need to figure out what we're going to do with him otherwise uh, that's a good point technically his body belongs to his family in Wati I don't think he'd want to go back but to his family in Wati he and his mother sort of made up but not really I mean, he did get super drunk the night Sagira left. Well, okay, so if that's not an option, um, is there a temple of Horus? Typically, we do that. Otherwise, he's going to have to go to the temple of Phrasma. Well, let's... I say we save this conversation for a little later. Let's get back to the city, get to the library, see if we can get some answers there figure out what our next steps are going to be and then go from there yes not that there's anything good about this situation but Kabek doesn't know where the tomb is because we don't know where the tomb is yet yes but I want to make sure he doesn't get to the library before us oh he's got a, a bit point. of a head start so he kind of gets the hitches the camels to go a little bit faster not to be the bearer of further bad news, but I don't think we can stay with Mama Nafra anymore. Kabek's seen where we stayed. He'll be able to get in there easily. If he does have teleportation magic, which I think he does. I doubt he would risk going into the Pharaoh's palace. Mm, I don't know. He would reveal everything. Well, he had no problem with sacrificing two of his people just on the off chance he might kill us. Yes, but going after Mama Nafra... That would bring down the wrath of the pharaoh upon him. Hmm. Well, I mean, if anybody knew who he was, it would have the wrath of the pharaohs anyway. Well, we'd have to prove it. Oh. What proof do we have here? Hey, y'all, I think we should go to the Hatcha. Actually, I agree I with her. very much agree with her. Sudi gives, like, a thumbs up. Oh. From the, from the wagon, right, the wagon, he just, like, puts his hand back. To the Hatcha we go. Yeah. It's going to be a late night. What do you think the odds are... I feel like we should stay somewhere on account of... I'd like to talk to Kelru before we reunite him. 
Uh, Citra quickly pulls out her sketchbook and is like, we don't have a way to turn him back. Well, yeah, but we can get that in the morning. Can you cast it? She writes. If we have a scroll of it. I need to be able to hear. How do we fix that? Cleric. Oh, Calrum might be able to do it then. Yeah, so if we can get him back up. So, I don't know if I trust Mom and Afra, though. I think at this point we shouldn't be trusting anyone. So where do we go? They've spies all over the city. This may seem like a wild bet. <gasps> I have another idea, too, if this is not the same one. What if we stayed with Neve? Oh, that was my idea! Yeah. Really, but do honestly, we want to endanger those children? I mean, if I think about it, though, there's really no one else in the city that we could possibly even remotely trust that we can hide our wagon with Kelru in also. That's yes. uh, the other issue is there's nowhere in the city that's probably completely untrodden that we could hide out in. Why don't we go to Citra's parents' house? They're probably not there. And he probably wouldn't expect us to go there. Uh, tell her it's too obvious of a place to check if you're looking for us. Citra writes that. What if we sleep in the dark depository? Too far down to take the uh, body of uh, Kelru. What about the bathhouse? The hottest place. Now that might actually work. We could set up that trap. Yeah, we'd have an alarm. Oh, spell but we got a real heavy guy. Isn't that a? W- oh, we can we can set we it. We can Never disable mind. the trap. Um, I mean that could possibly work. We could do our research. That's true. Kill two birds with one stone. I mean, that seems the best idea because technically only the Hathi are supposed to know that that place exists. Exactly. So that's a really good place to go. I like this plan. All right. I say we do that. All right, let's do that. All right. You make your way back towards the city through the darkened uh, hinterlands, the outlying farms, eventually beginning to approach the city proper. You may want to take off the mask, Pop. Yeah, I'd take off the mask. Very well. I look like... Yeah. Well, yeah. No, seriously, because she's been crying underneath it, so yeah. she's probably just, like, all black all in the face smudgy. from her coal. <laughs> yeah, oh, well, also... It looks like you just came out of a coal mine. I, I thought the mask was uh, skin tight, so wouldn't it just, like, flow over? Yeah, it would have actually oh. flowed yeah, over. so yeah. you actually okay. probably look fine. Well, I was already messy from before, so... Because yeah. I'd been crying before that. That's true. You make your way in towards the city proper, nearly reaching Caravan's End. Frick. When you see the quartet of men. What type of men? Oh, sorry. Uh, what type of men? Oh, boy. As you tense, as I imagine Sudi draws up, the outriders simply give you a nod. Four of the town guardsmen. Mm. Oh, great. One approaches. Wait, am I? did I already take off the mask at this point, or am I still wearing it? You've already taken off. Okay. The evening is late. Where are where, sir? He glances over the, like, the rent tears in your wagon. Hmm. You've traveled from the north. If you're looking at the damage here, it's because we fought the Sphinx that's been terrorizing the city. You killed it. It should still be in the road a few miles back. We'll check for proof, but if you have done that, you have done a great service for the city of Tefu. I show him my scars as well. I healed up, but there's some of your proof. He looks intensely at Citra. You're the chariot racer. Uh, well, I was the rider. Sense motive. Says, oh, I can't hear him. I would also like to sense more. Uh, yeah, sure. Because that's uh, a weird thing to say. Stupid kink. Uh, no, not one. I got a 15. I got a 7. I mean, he seems to recognize you. 
I didn't do the driving. I just did the riding. Right, right. Well, you understand that this is suspicious. <laughs> uh, I can understand your suspicion. We've uh, just come from a farm nearby. We were rescuing a friend. I you're, see. You're familiar with the race, yes? Yes. The other rider, the one who won, um, he's in the back, and unfortunately... Our rescue attempt did not come without losses. I see. Yeah, my condolences. Go ahead and make me a diplomacy roll for Citra and Sudi. Don't forget you have Mom and Office ring. You don't? We have what? On yours is still wearing it. Oh, well, okay. We have it. (laughs) Hollis pulls off Mom and Office ring and hands it to Sudi. Uh, okay. I roll a 16 for a 16. Roll a 14 for a 25. Hmm. I see. And... Was it the Sphinx who killed your companion? Moment off his ring. Um, I mean, I'll I'll take the ring because it's just like floating out there with a hand. Um, no, there were, I don't even know what to call them at this point. Brigands? Yeah, brigands would be a good word for it. Um, the ones who did this to our friend. He kind of like pops the tent flat back to show like the statue man. Why are we telling them? Yeah, thing? why? Yeah, why are you telling them that? Official moment off for business. That's all we have to say. Fine. All right. <laughs> yeah. Sudi we don't know like, these people. Yes. yes, we're not trusting people. Remember? Ah, Sudi's too trusting. Um, I don't know. He'll take the ring and be like, "Look, honestly, this is on behalf of Mama Nafra. This is her seal signet ring thing." We need to be on our way. I understand. I'm also here on official business. As the Hatya desires your okay. presence. Um, all right. Understandable. We, too, actually would like to speak to the Hatya. We However, were. we would like to do so tomorrow morning, if that is acceptable. That way we can start preparation. I was sent to retrieve you. How did they know where we were? They've been watching us. How did you know we would be coming through here? There are no secrets in Tefu. Nah, frickin' So you've been having us watched. I mean, I don't blame them. All right. I mean, if You also passed... To leave, you actually had to pass by the fortress that is the bastion for the town guard to leave the northern side of the city. (laughs) All right. I mean, I suppose if she wants an audience with us, we can't really deny her. We can. Just wouldn't be wise. What is going on? Citra quickly writes down what's going on and then shows it to her. Oh, good. I hope she makes me not deaf anymore. Our other friend was deafened. Very well. Well, I suppose you'll escort us then. We will. He produces a few small pieces of basically like, you know, leather strips. Like to sense motive as well. Just, I got a 23. Just make sure he's like not about to kill us. Uh, Actually, I rolled a 17 for a 23. So there you go. Uh, both of you since he's kind of on the level, both of you sense that there's there's no maliciousness from him. It's just, I'm going about my business, but you don't get the feeling that that business involves violence. Uh, he seems to be prepared for it, uh, mm. more in that he seems very suspicious of both of you. I mean, again, we, we look really suspicious right now. Out of respect for your position, you may keep your weapons, but please peace tie them. Eh. Sudi just grabs it and peace ties his dagger because it doesn't really matter to him. It's just slide of hands to look like she's peace tying it. <laughs> Go ahead and roll it for That's me. a great idea. Hey! Did you just get a perfect 20 on that? Yeah. Excellent. It gives me a 30. 30? Nice. Okay, I'll Very keep that nice. in mind. Make a note of it even. The man he, nods. Okay, 
just to clarify, she peace ties one, but doesn't peace tie the other just because she's really paranoid right now. Okay, so just one. Just one. Okay. You peace tie your weapons, unstring your crossbows, generally just make it so that access is a little bit more difficult. For the wizard, all they really ask is that you use the peace tie to tie down your spell component pouch. It doesn't limit all of your spells, but some of your more powerful ones. Yeah, that's fair. Like I have any of those left. <laughs> <laughs> magic missile it is. Not sure I have one, so. Yep. Okay, that's fine. Oh, I no, I can't get back to my back guano. In, in essence, it means it's a four-round action to remove the peace pie. I have a chicken. Okay, you have a chicken. Maybe she can peck it loose. But I don't actually think we're going to be fighting the hot yet, so whatever. I don't plan to fight the hot yet, let's put it that way. The man turns... The other men on their mounts surround the wagon and lead you back into the city of Tefu. And we'll pick it up here next time. <laughs> oh, gosh. Gosh, darn Dun, dun, dun. I hate that this is not resolved. <laughs> I honestly, though, I'm just relieved because if they'd taken his body, I Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.